Hello, hello, hello. Welcome again to another episode of Lati Talks. This is your host, Thomas Belcher, missionary to the U.S. Territory of Guam. As always, it's a blessing to be here with you guys today, especially today as we look in God's Word and continue our Bible study of the Book of Romans, continuing with Chapter 5. Um, this Bible study today is going to be a bit longer than normal because it's uh, Romans Chapter 5 has a lot of meat to it. A lot of meat that can help the Christian back when this was written, and even in modern day. Of course, that's the entire Bible, but I was up all night last night scouring through Romans chapter 5, working on the outline for today's Bible study, and it's just one thing after another of how much meat is in this. And the ironic thing is, is here lately, my wife and I have been noticing on different social media accounts that we have, that... um. We've been noticing a lot of Catholic stuff has been getting on our feed, and we don't know why. Uh, we don't follow any anything from the Catholic Church. We don't follow anything from the Catholic cult. Um, so we don't really know why. But everything that they keep posting um, gets answered through Romans chapter 5. So it's been very funny that anything they, that keeps showing up across our feed we can answer and say, well, that's not biblical because of Romans chapter 5. And we're going to go over that today. We're going to go over the book of Romans chapter 5. Now, if you're able to, if you're able to, turn with me in your Bibles over to Romans chapter 5. We'll be starting with verse 1, and we'll read the first 11 verses, the first 11 verses in Romans chapter 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, for yet, per, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we, were, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by the blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. So chapter 5 here, we're going to split up into two different areas. The first area chapter 5 deals with in the first 11, in the first 11 verses is justified through his blood. It's dealing with the justification through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's interesting to note that in verse 1, we see that before salvation, we were enemies of God. Now, if we are saved, we are at peace with the Father. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You realize the Bible in a, earlier says that we were at enmity with God before salvation. But now, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. If you want real peace in your life, that's how it starts, is you get you get right with God and you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and you declare the war over between you and God. It's very easy for us Christians to, 
to think that, you know, the liberal left or, or Satan is the enemy of God and they fight against the Lord. But also in reality, it's not just them, but anyone who is not saved is that is that enmity with God and they are they're at war with God. Now I know a lot of fine unsaved people, but they're still unsaved. And there are a lot of fine unsaved people, but they're still unsaved and so they're still at enmity with God, but the way you bring peace is through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's through the justification by faith and they can have peace with Christ, with God through the blood of Christ. In verse 2, it shows that access to Christ is through faith alone, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Some of the posts that we've been seeing on our social media from these Catholic accounts, it's scary. It's scary, and it's downright unbiblical. One of them, uh, interesting to know, we've seen about 20 or 30 of them. I don't know what's going on, but they keep showing up everywhere. We've seen about 20 or 30 of them, and none of them quote scripture. They all quote a priest, a saint, or a pope. None of them quote Bible. None of them do. And I guess that's very common among the, among the Catholic Church. Um, of course, if you actually knew your Bible, you, the Catholic Church wouldn't exist. Okay? And in verse 2, it shows... That access to Christ is through faith alone. A lot of I saw one quote not too long ago that said that salvation was through Christ, which is in the Eucharist. So you got to pray the Eucharist to get to Christ. You got to do the Eucharist to get to Christ. Um, that's a downright lie. Right here, Romans five two, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Your, uh, your faith is what gives you access to Jesus Christ, not a work. By faith, we have access to Christ and Christ alone. You don't need to go to a priest. You don't need to do 30 good works to get to heaven. You don't need to do anything to get to Christ except have faith in him. Have faith in him as the son of God. That is what you need. Any so-called man of God that tells you that you ought to do some good work to get to heaven is of the devil and a downright liar, and we'll be dealing with that later on in this chapter. But anyone who tells you that is not of the Lord. They, uh, they are a priest of the devil. That is it. That is it. It's the devil that tries to ruin and mess up salvation, what salvation is. And the truth is, salvation is simple enough that a child can understand it. You're going to tell me that a child has to, has to work to get to heaven? A child laying there with cancer has to work to get to heaven? How are they going to work? They're about to be, they could die within a week. How, how are they going to earn their way into heaven? The reality is that the only way to heaven is for them to just pray and have faith in God, pray and accept Jesus Christ as their Savior and have faith in the Lord. That's, what, that's how you get to heaven, is through faith in Christ. Number three, verses 3 through 5. 
And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulations work with patience, and patience, experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Verses 3, uh, three through 5, we can glory in trials due to our hope in Christ. Do you realize if you're saved today, whatever trials you're, you're going through, guess what? The Lord's using those trials to help build you up. And it's a very interesting process here that it mentions. It mentions three things, uh, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. But what comes after that? Patience experience. In other words, when you go through a trial, be patient. The trial will end. A new day will come. The trial will end. You just have to be patient. You have to be patient. Keep your faith and faith and trust in the Lord. But trials are not going to end completely in your life. They will return. That's where experience comes in. We get experienced in the trials, and we remember the trial we just came through, and we know that it is going to end, and all we have to do is be patient. And thus, we gain experience through those trials. But what does experience lead to? It leads to a third thing. Hope. Hope is a very powerful word. There's a lot of meaning to it. It's something that the devil wants to get rid of in this world today, is hope. Now, what is that hope in? It's definitely not in man. It's definitely not in a man to fix that trial, to end that trial. Verse 5, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Hope of the love of God. You realize that our hope is to be in God alone. God loves us, and he's going to pull us through that trial. So when we go through trials, we gain patience. We gain, uh, we gain patience by realizing, hey, this trial is going to end. Then we gain experience. Well, hey, this, the last trial ended. God pulled me through it, and I know what to do this time. So I'm going to do that. And then it's going to show us hope. To realize that, you know what, all the trials I've been through, all the heartaches, all the troubles, I didn't pull myself through those. Man didn't pull me through those. God pulled me through those. So I'm going to put my hope, my faith in Christ alone. That's how you get through a trial. Tribulation worketh three things. Worketh patience and, and patience, experience, and experience hope. That's something a lot of Christians need today to realize that when you're going through a trial, it's meant for our better. We can glory in tribulations. We can glory in them. You're going through a hard time. You're, I'm not belittling anyone's tribulations, anyone's trials, but you realize you can glory in it. Not your own glory. Not your own glory, but give glory to God for it. Because you can take that trial and learn from it, and just as a sword is forged through the hottest of flames, you realize in God, just like a, black, a blacksmith, is forging you to be better. Not for your own, not not for your own glory, but for His. God needs tools that will last, and some of the greatest men in the Scripture, some of the greatest men in all of the world history that did anything great for God were men that were that were forged through the hottest of flames 
through the greatest of trials. But they understood this, patience, experience, and hope. That threefold process. They understood that. God pulled them through it. But they also understood it wasn't for their glory. It was for his. Verses 6 through 9. For when, we, for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us much, much more then. Being, us, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. And guess what? We have full Justification through the blood of Jesus Christ. Um, the blood of Christ did not cover some. The blood of Christ did not just cover the Jews. The blood of Christ covered every man, woman, child that has ever existed, is existing, or will exist. The blood of Christ is infinite. It has infinite justification to, to cover all of our sins. And we'll go over that later, uh, later on in, in part two of chapter five. But that is the justification of Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I was watching one Facebook clip. It was on my wife's feed. And it was a preacher. If I said his name, people would know who he is. But I'm not going to give him the, the um, time to say his name. But he got up there and said that, you know, God, uh, Christ never had to shed his blood. All that was was fulfilling of Old Testament prophecy, there's nothing special about the blood of Christ. Clearly, the man doesn't know Scripture, because right here in Romans 5, 9, much more than being now justified by his, what is that word? It's a five-letter word, blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. Listen, Christ had to shed his blood, and by the way, that was not an Old Testament fulfilling a prophecy, the Old Testament was an image of what Christ was going to have to go through. It's the other way around. It's the other way around. It Christ's blood had to be shed. Had to be. Because uh, it had to be shed just as the blood of the Lamb had to be spilled on the altar, Christ's blood had to be spilled as well. Without that, if that had not happened... Had somebody just bludgeoned Christ to death, which wouldn't have happened, but had somebody just done that, it wouldn't have been sufficient enough. It wouldn't have been. It had to be done, it had to be done that way. So you may argue with me that, you know what, there's nothing special about the blood, but I'm going to call you on that, call you a liar, and say, you know what, if it wasn't for that blood, I'd be on my way to hell when I died. So would billions of other people other saved individuals. It's through the blood. It's through the blood. We have full justification through that blood. We have full justification through what Christ went through. And guess what? Christ is now our priest up in heaven. He is our intercessor. It is full justification through him. By the way, once again, anyone telling you that the only way to heaven is to do the Eucharist, pray the rosary. That's another one we kept saying was 
You need to pray the rosary. Pray the rosary. Things will get better. No, don't pray the rosary. Don't pray to Mary. Don't pray to a saint. You pray to the Lord. He's the one that saved you. The saints did nothing. Mary did nothing. She birthed Jesus, but that's it. You can have respect for her, but there's a difference between respect and worshiping. And when you start putting up literal statues and idols of a person, golden statues, guess what? You've turned them into an idol. The Old Testament teaches that. You could turn anything into an idol, by the way. In the Old Testament, they used cows and bulls and all kinds of things, turn them into idols. Guess what? They've done the same thing to Mary. Verses, verses 10 through 11. Verses 10 through 11. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. And guess what? We're reconciled through the resurrection. We're reconciled through the resurrection. Christ had Christ had to rise. He had to rise again. Because guess what? That showed that he had conquered death. He was a spotless lamb. He conquered death, and he had the authority to give salvation to all. He was the atonement. He was the atonement. Part 2, the, part, uh, the second part of Romans chapter 5 covers verses 12 through 21. We'll go ahead and read those. Wherefore, as wherefore as by one man, excuse me, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. By the way, there, there's another verse to go against Calvinism there. All have sinned. Uh, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. And nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, many be dead, but much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath, abound, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Then as sin hath reigned unto death, even so mighty grace reigned through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, part 2 of chapter 5, Christ's abounding grace, the abounding grace of Christ. Verses 12 through 14 covers Adam's, covers the fact that Adam's sin doomed us. Adam sinned in the garden, Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, and from that, sin and death passed on to all mankind. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. They never, they didn't commit the same sin as Adam. 
but sin still reigned over them. Sin was passed from Adam to every man, woman, and child, who is the figure of him that was to come. Listen, by one man sin came into the world, and death by sin. But because of one man, Christ came as a man. He's, he was still the Son of God, still is the Son of God. He came as a man to die on the cross. By one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. But by one man, sin was done away with. Hey, we can have we can have forgiveness. We can have peace through Jesus Christ. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of God, gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, but by, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. That Skipping down to 21, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Verses 15 through 17, God's grace is greater than our sin. Just as the old song says, God's grace is greater than our sin. Our sin is terrible. Our sin is great. There are people in this world that have committed heinous acts, heinous sins, wickedness, evil. That's happened in our world. But let me tell you what. Christ's grace, his what he did, his sacrifice, God's grace is greater than all of those sins. It's greater than the sins Adam committed. It's greater than the sins that David may have committed. It's greater than the sins of everyone on earth that has lived, is, li is living, or it will ever live. It's greater than all of them, and it will cover all of them. It is sufficient to cover all of them. All we need to do is go to Christ and believe that he is the Son of God and ask him to forgive us our sins. That's what you need to do. Ask him to forgive you your sins and save your soul. Turn unto him. Turn unto him. God's grace is greater than our sin. Verses 18 through 21. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. 18 through 21. God's grace is sufficient. What's it sufficient to do? God's grace is sufficient to do two things. It's sufficient to pay the debt. You and I owed a debt we could not pay. If you're here today and you're listening, you're alive, you're not dead, let me tell you what, you still owe that debt. If you have never been saved before, you still owe a debt. But you know what? God paid that debt. Jesus Christ paid that debt. His grace is sufficient to pay the debt, and His grace is sufficient to give eternal life. Where Adam's sin doomed the world, Christ's sacrifice saved it. And you can have that salvation through Christ today. If, you are, if you're listening today and you've never received Christ as your Savior, let, let me tell you what, I'll be real honest with you. 
I'll be 100% real with you. There is absolutely no other way to heaven through the blood of Jesus Christ. One of the biggest damnable heresies that is out there nowadays is saying that we all worship the same God. And if you go out witnessing and talking to other people about Christ long enough, you'll hear that. You'll hear that that excuse. And people have heard that from some so-called man of God that is really nothing but a man of the devil trying to tell other people, you know what, we can all live in peace. The God that the Muslims worship, the God that the Catholics worship, the God of the Hindus, they're all the same. There's no other, uh, that is the biggest damnable heresy being taught nowadays. The only way for you to go to heaven, the only way, is through the blood of Jesus Christ and accepting Christ as your personal Savior. That's how you go to heaven. When we die, the Bible is very clear. When we die, we do not become ghosts. We do not stick around and haunt people and make chairs move in the middle of the night. There's one of two places that we'll go to. You either go to heaven or you go to hell. There is no in-between. There's no other option. Hell is a very dark place. And honestly, I'll be doing a podcast on that sometime. I, I need to. Hell is a place where you will burn for all of eternity. Where the worm die and dieth not. Where there's screaming, gnashing of teeth. Imagine with me real quick, falling for all eternity in a flame that is constantly burning and melting your skin off. You can't think straight. All you can do is scream. Many people have gone there because they never received Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. That's why Christ died in the first place. That's why he gave his grace in the first place. And that's, that's why he did it, was because he didn't want anyone to go there. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. You know what that means? That means that God wants you to be saved today. If you're not saved right now, God wants you to be saved. The Bible also says that God's not willing that any should perish. God doesn't want anyone to die and go to hell. But because of their either rejection or ignorance, they're going to go to hell. Hey, if you're listening today and you've never received Christ as Savior, I, I'm begging you today. I'm begging you right now. Don't reject Christ. Don't ignore it. Christ, the grace of God is sufficient to cover your sin. It's sufficient to cover my sin. It's sufficient to cover everyone's sin. Let's receive, let's receive Christ as our personal Savior today. If you're, if you're listening to this today and you've never received Christ as your Savior, I'm begging you, I'm pleading with you to receive Him as your personal Savior. I don't know who's going to hear this, but I pray that the Lord uses this to speak to someone's heart today and that the Lord affects somebody's heart and shows them their need for salvation. Christ's grace, his sacrifice, is sufficient to cover for all of us. 
would it not be a shame for someone to be listening to this to this podcast today, to what has just been said from the Word of God, and to ignore it, and to one day close their eyes in mortality and open up into eternity and end up in the devil's hell. Let me tell you what, that, that would be the most miserable thing ever. To realize that you were so close. King Agrippa said, Almost thou persuadest me, almost. To me, that'd be the worst kind of hell, is to have been so close and still rejected him. Don't be like King Agrippa. Accept Christ as your Savior today. I pray that this was a blessing to someone today. Um, it was a blessing to me to study Romans chapter 5, especially with the different stuff on our social media popping up. Uh, I, I pray that if God has spoken to your heart today about receiving Christ as your Savior, um, get that settled today. You know, God's uh, Christ, God's willing to save everybody, but you have to come to Him. You, you, have to, you have to receive Christ as your Savior. You have to, if you want to go to heaven when you die. If you don't want to go to heaven, then just ignore everything I just said. I beg you, don't do that. But if you do that, you'll be on your way to devil's hell. No other religion will save you. Islam, Hinduism, Catholicism, nothing of that will save you. The only thing that will save you, it's not through works. It's through the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you again for joining us today. God bless you all, and have a great day.